Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us this week for Psalms chapter 90 with Pastor John Barrera. Okay, a little confession here. Confession. Now, as I was prepping this week, I was tempted. I was tempted to, to call uh, Brother James and go, Hey, bro, this is what I'm teaching on. And then I heard a voice saying, Crazy fool. Yeah, I called myself crazy fool. The last couple of times I've been given the honor to, to teach the word, I didn't communicate, but the worship just lined up perfectly with the teaching. Now, why would I want to impede on what the Spirit is doing? I said to myself, yeah, that, yeah crazy fool. Yeah, don't do that. And, and so, Brother James, thank you, brother. Uh, and, and little precursor, you know, it's, it's cool how those little Holy Spirit moments, how, how God just prepares and intertwines things. So this morning, as you were listening to the worship and the songs through, uh, that James chose by, by the Holy Spirit, it ties in perfectly to what we're going to be talking about this morning. And what we're going to be talking about this morning is actually, I'll tell you right now, Psalms 90. So if you could turn your Bible to Psalms 90. You're probably familiar with this, you know, because this portion of Scripture is, is used as kind of a, like a New Year's, uh, end of the year. Also, I, I learned that it is used at, at funerals, too. Um, so, you know, as we study this, and as I was studying through the scriptures and preparing to this portion, I go, okay, I see why. And, and as I was going, and the Lord allowed me to go deeper and deeper into the study and preparing, um, I was amazed, amazed by the Psalms. Again, you probably know this, Psalms 90 is a, a prayer of Moses. Uh, it's actually the only Psalms that was written by Moses that appears in the book of Psalms. But before we go any further, please join me in a word of prayer. Father, this is your word, Lord. And what an honor it is, Lord, just to be able to, to share your word to my church family, Lord. And I pray this morning, Lord, that I would decrease, you would increase. Lord, I pray that you prepare the hearts of my brothers and sisters. Lord, I believe this is a message, Lord, that, that we need to hear, all of us, Lord, as, as we conclude 2021 and jump into 2022, Lord, and the lessons gleaned from Moses, Lord, what Moses has shared, Lord, is so beneficial to us today. So, Lord, open our eyes and our ears and our heart, Lord, so that we can take that and not miss out what you want to say to us, Lord. Open us, please, Lord, because we need you. We need you desperately. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your son, Jesus, that made this all possible. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's children say, amen. 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 So again, if you haven't turned there, uh, Psalms 90. And the title of the message is Consider This. Now before we go any further, let's go ahead and read it. Psalms 90 starts off, A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Verse 3. You turn man to destruction and say, Return, O man, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. Verse 5. You carry them away like a flood. They are like a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up. And in the morning it flourishes and grows up. And in the evening it cuts down and withers. Verse 7. For we have been consumed by your anger. 
And by your wrath, we are terrified. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days have passed away in your wrath, and we finish our years like a sigh. Verse 10. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only of labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Verse 11. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And have compassion on your servants. O satisfy us early with your mercy that we will rejoice and be glad all our days. Verse 15. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Okay, you're going, all right, John, calm down, buddy, calm down. But look, you know, as I, again, as, I, as I've got to read, and I'm going to share with y'all the background to what made Moses write this. Now, I kind of appreciate, you know, the, the, the Bible stories that are made into movies because it's one thing when you read scripture uh, and unless scripture kind of tells you the emotions that they're feeling or, or the emotion that you're conveying, you kind of, you really can't, you know, unless, you know, it says in scripture, he said with anger or, you know, uh, with fear, you really, it's really kind of hard to, 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 uh, kind of see what the emotion was, what the person was thinking, what the author was thinking at the time that the Holy Spirit inspired them to pen that portion of Scripture. But luckily here in this portion of Scripture, I'm going to share with you in a few moments, we kind of, ha- we, we are given that background. And I believe that's why, the way I read it very emphatically, I believe that that's what Moses was feeling. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you what, what I believe here. I, I need to set up the, uh, the, the backstory of the, of the Psalms. I told you, the Psalms, Psalms 90, is the only one that appears, it's written by Moses. That's the only Psalm that appears in the book of Psalms. Okay. Now, let me set up the backstory. Moses and the children of Israel are in the middle of the wandering in the wilderness. I'm not going to read it now because it takes too much time, but for you note takers and scholars, I want you to please write down Numbers 14, 1 through 38. Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 38, and it talks about what's happening here, the wandering in the wilderness. See, the children of Israel, they were supposed to take possession of the land God had promised their forefathers. You know, a land flowing with milk and honey. You know, and you probably know this story. You know, prior to entering the land, they sent 12 spies to scope it out. However, 10 out of the 12 convinced the people that they could not oust the current inhabitants. They said they brought a negative report. They couldn't do it. We're just like, we're like, uh, they're giants. You know, they just brought a, a bad report. Only two of the spies, y'all know, bonus points, who were who the two spies that brought the good report? That's right. If I had a candy bar, I'd throw it to you, but you get my, <laughs> you get my admiration. That's what you get. So yeah, yeah, 10 out of the t- uh, 12 spies brought a negative report. We can't do this. We can't take the land. 
no way, you know what, they're, gonna, you know, they're going to destroy us. And their lack of belief in God's word, because God told them to take the land. God told them that they would, he would be there, that he would give them victory. But their lack of belief in God's word and promises brought forth the wrath of God. Yes, God was, un, was displeased for their lack of faith, their unbelief. Uh, you know in this portion of scripture, Numbers 14, that as a result, God cursed them with 40 years of wilderness wandering until that unbelieving generation died off. And so, without never stepping in that promised land, literally, they wandered, wandered, waiting for that generation to die off. Okay, so that's one part of the background of Psalms 90. Another portion I want to refer you to is Numbers 20. So again, for you note-takers out there, Numbers 20. And the reason why I want to refer you to Numbers 20 is because it's, it's important, because commentators and theologians believe that Moses penned this specific psalm, Psalms 90, during the time of Numbers chapter 20. And three pivotal events took place. Think about this here. Number one, and again, you'll find, don't take my word, you'll find this in Numbers 20. Event number one, Moses' sister, Miriam, she passed away. Stop for a moment. That was his big sister. That was his big sister. She's the one that the Lord used that saved him from the Nile River. And look, and when they crossed over in victory, she's the one that grabbed the tambourine and led the people into worship. Yeah, granted, you know what? Granted, her and her brother Aaron talked smack about Moses' wife. God wasn't happy. God struck her with leprosy. But look at, but look at, God allowed Moses to pray for her and healed Miriam. Another pivotal event that happened in Numbers 20 was the sin of Moses striking the rock in Meribah. Now keep this in mind. Already, Moses knew that because of the unbelief, Remember, 10 out of the 12 spies brought the bad report. People were buying that bad report. Moses already knew the first generation was going to die. You know, but this sin, this sin that Moses committed in Meribah, well, this sin would keep him from entering the promised land. Y'all remember, again, I refer you to Numbers 20. Real quick paraphrase here. God, uh, the, the children of Israel, again, grumbling and mumbling and, and, and cursing and complaining. Water, we're going to die, we're going to die. The Lord said, speak to the rock and water will come. But Moses, out of, Moses was ticked off, and rightfully so. You know, he struck the rock twice. And the Lord's like, dude, I am not mad. You're mad. I ain't mad. You misrepresented me. I told you to speak to the rock. You struck it twice. Dude, what were you thinking? Because you misrepresented me. Sorry, buddy. You're not going to be able to go in. Okay, so it's, that's the second event. And then the third event in Numbers 20, you'll find the death of Moses' brother. I can't imagine the Lord, because remember, this portion of Scripture, the Lord tells Moses, take your brother Aaron, uh, his son, your nephew Eleazar, Moses, your brother's going to die, so you're going to strip off this clothes, strip off his priestly garments off of your brother, and put him on Eleazar. I, I can imagine, wait, 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 bro. That's my bro, Lord. That's my assistant. That's my right hand dude. He's the one that you're going to establish the priesthood and the descendants. You're going to take him away. 
Really, Lord? And so, and so here I am. I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm putting kind of the uh, emphatic, but think of these events. The, you know, death of, he lost his sister. He, now he knows he's not going to enter the promised land. And now his brother, his right-hand man, is, is, is going to die. And for Moses, think of the, the brevity. Think of the, the heaviness of all these events. Put yourself in Moses' shoes. Wouldn't the brevity of all these events, it, it would just weigh heavy, you know? And have you ever, ever experienced something like that? Have you ever experienced or got news that was so heavy? Or, or you received, it seemed like, a, like bad news after bad news, and all these heavy things coming, and all these things that are in your mind, and, and, and what it does, it just makes you stop and think. It makes you pause. The heaviness of all these events make you stop and just think. Contemplate. And it's that. And I really think that what Moses did was take all these events that were happening and it made him stop and think. And as a result, he penned, by the the inspiring of the Holy Spirit, he penned Psalms 90. And, 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 And... because we were able to capture his thoughts and, and, and his prayer in Psalms 90, and because now we know the background leading up to it, Numbers 12 and Numbers 20, we can appreciate that. And more importantly, here in 2022, as we start a new year, we can glean, we can learn from Moses' thoughts and prayers. So with that in mind, that's the reason why for, I gave that title. Simply consider this. So as we look at that Psalms this morning, four things for you note takers out there, four things. We're going to look through the entire book, I'm sorry, the entire chapter of, of, uh, chapter of 90, which is 17 verses, and allow me to break it down. Verses 1 and 2, consider our God. Let me say that again. Verses 1 and 2, we're, we're going to consider our God. Verses 3 to 6, we're going to consider our frailty. Again, verses 3 to 6, we're going to consider our frailty. Verses 7 through 11, we're going to consider our judgment. Again, verses 7 and 11, consider our judgment. Verses 12 through 17, consider our hearts. Again, verses 12 through 17, consider our hearts. John, why don't you just put slides up, man? I know, I know, look, look, you know, it's really more, if it's, it's really more learning for me because as I'm growing and when the Lord's called me to do, I really believe that I don't want to Rely on slides. This is just me because it's, I'm learning and growing. I, I believe I need to be clear and I need to vocalize the layout. If I can't lay out, you know, I don't, that's just me. Just a quirk. Pray for me. I know I got, I got issues. Anyway. So going back to uh, the first, the lesson that we can glean from Psalms 90. Verses 1 and 2, consider our God. And again, let me read those first two verses again. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. 
You know, I, uh, Moses, obviously, writing Psalms, um, having the education er, in his early years, you know, as in a, uh, uh, under the, uh, the Egyptians, teaching, he was, he was a, knowledge, you know, a, a very learned man. So out of all the ways he could describe God, and out of, out of all the words that exist in the human language, notice that Moses chooses dwelling place. Now, in, in the Greek, it's, it's ma'on, ma'on, M-A-O-N, and it's pronounced ma'on, but that means home. Home, think about that, home. When you think about your home, Home is an intimate place. I can be myself. Home is a personal place. It's a place of rest after a long day at work. It's a place of shelter. It's a place where I go to where there's winds and storms. And, you know, the weather can be turbulent. It can be extremely be hot outside. But I'm going to go home. I'm going to go inside my home where it's safe, where it, I can, you know, the temperature's safe and, and regulated, you know. Home is a place, of, again, for, of rest. Home is a place of safety, you know. Now, the children of Israel, they wandered. They didn't have a permanent address. They moved. They went from place, they, from camp to camp, you know. And so right there, Moses saying, Lord, you are our home. You know, I, I think about, you know, the, the, as we described home, I think about the, the, the verses. I think of, of Isaiah 43.1, you know, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Home is personal. Home is familiar. Home is a resting place of familiarity where you can be comfortable. I think about Psalms 139, verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts of me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Psalms 139, 17. And I think about being God our refuge. Psalm 62, 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Yeah. Yes, I see why out of all the words that, that Moses could use, he chose to ascribe God as our home. So the address may change. The location may change. The, the scenery may change. But God is our sure resting place. Think about that real quick. Let's let's do a little application. Have things been turbulent? Have the storms of life come and swept through? Has has there been events that have have shuffled your feet and you feel like you needed a resting place? Yeah. God is our home. God is your home. God is your resting place. Continuing to verse 2, we see that Moses used geographical references to describe God. Notice he, he mentions mountains. He mentions the earth. He mentions the world. Well, yeah, you know what? If Being in the wilderness, wandering for 40 years, you're going to see a lot of mountains. You're going to see a lot of scenery. You're going to see a lot of water. You're going to see a lot of earth. So it's, it's amazing. It's not a surprise that Moses, as he sees this picture scenes, that's what he uses to, to, uh, in his references. You know, 
Moses and, and his children of Israel, they saw their fair share of mountain ranges, different terrains, and star-filled evenings. Seeing these magnificent beauty of nature, he rightfully gives credit to the artists what he's seen. Moses beholding what he's seen, the beauty of nature, God's handiwork, he simply declares, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Lord, you created all these beautiful mountains, all this scenery, all these majestic scenery. You created it, Lord. They're your handiwork. And you know, and just for um, what I did was, okay, okay. I, 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 that word everlasting to everlasting st- stuck out. So, okay, well, let me just look up everlasting to everlasting. You know, and, and I just looked at the definition and the words that were used to describe it, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to go any further. Because look at, listen to the words. When I looked up everlasting, here are the words that it came up. Long duration, antiquity, futurity, perpetual, old, ancient, long, always, continuous existence, indefinite, unending, eternity. Does that not sound and describe our God? So our God who is forever and unending and and ancient of days and always and perpetual. When you think about the storms through your life, think about what you're going through, you know, remember home. Remember that you can run home. Home, our Lord. Our God. Amen? All right. Verses 3 through 6. Let's now consider our frailty. And again, allow me to read the scriptures. Verse 3. You turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. You carry them away like a flood, like a sleep. In the morning they are like grass. Which, wait, I'm sorry. In the morning... Oh man, I lost my place. In the morning, they are like grass which grows up, in verse 6. In the morning, it flourishes and grows up. In the evening, it is cut down and withers. Guess what? Newsflash, breaking news. Man is frail. <gasps> yes, we are frail. You know, we are subject to time. We are subject to aging. My hairline proves it. We are subject to aging. You need proof. We are subject to death. Unlike the eternal God, who is everlasting to everlasting. See, God is outside our time domain. And, and, and you know, I like, I, I, I had to take this from Matthew Henry, because describing this portion of scripture, Matthew Henry explains that this portion of scripture rightly describes God's absolute sovereign dominion over man and his irresistible incontestable power to dispose of him as he pleases. All the surgery in the world, all the Pilates, all the Zumba, all the vegan and plant-based diets, all the yoga, all the meditation, all the weightlifting, all the keto in the world will not stop it. And and real quick, quick, going back to verse 3, I I I saw other Bible commentaries mentioned this, so I'm going to mention it too. When you look at specifically verse, verse 3 where it says, and you turn to man, and you turn man to destruction and say, return, O children of men. Please don't take this as a, a call to repentance. We got to stay, we got to be accurate in the scripture. What this is saying is 
God being sovereign, calling man to die. Okay? Um, that's what it is. And the result uh, of, of man sinning, you know, when he says return, O children of men, that means, yeah, yeah, that man, God, see, right there, another example of how powerful God is. God says man dies, and guess what? Man dies. There's no way around it. We cannot thwart God. You know? And so, again, I saw the commentators kind of stress that, that, hey, verse 3 isn't a, a call to repentance. This is declaring that man's going to die. So I think it probably behooves me to also share that. Okay? Now, again, man can extend our years, but we're going to die. We're going to return to dust. And in verses 4 through 6 is in comparison to man's frailty. God is eternal, and he's outside of this time continuum. His creation, we are, we're subject to it. And Moses uses the measurement of time as an example. You see, think about this. Moses and the children of Israel have been wandering day in, day out. What are we going to do today? Wander. What are we going to do tomorrow? Wander. Okay, what are we going to do the day after that? Wander. Wandered, wandered, wandered. Imagine just how, how, imagine how slow time would go. Hey, what are we doing today? We're wandering. I mean, knowing that there's no, all you're going to do is wander. You know? And so they were fully aware, because God pronounces judgment on them, they were fully aware that for the next 40 years, or that time is they're going to wander until that, that time of judgment is, is complete. And that's why I think that's why Moses made that comparison. You know, Moses is the eternal God. 40 years, like nothing. 100 years, just a flicker. 1,000 years, nothing more than a night's watch. You know? And kind of interesting, uh, verses 5 through 6, Moses says, you know, uh, but let me go back to that. 5 through 6, Moses talks about, you carry them away like a flood. You know, Moses saw a flood. He saw, he saw, a, a, he saw the Egyptian army get swept away, uh, obliterated in the Red Sea. So I just wondered if, you know, maybe when Moses was penning that, if he thought about that, thought about the waters just taking out the, the army, you know. But basically what, what, what he's trying to convey here is that, you know, the frail, our frailty, you know, um, Moses is giving this imagery to help us in our finite minds compare God and time. Again, a thousand years is like yesterday, a, a, like a watch in the night, like a flood, like, like sleep. Unlike, uh, compared to the Lord, you know, like I said, it's the, the Lord is outside our time and domain. He's, he's everlasting to everlasting. So consider our frailty. You know, man, you know there's an old supertone song called, you know, there is, there, there, oh my goodness, help, help me out here. Um, there is no, oh my God, I'm drawing a mic. I should have written it down. But anyways, the lyric is, Lord, I don't know this creature you call man who lives that he, who thinks he lives by his own hand. Guys, remember any Supertone fans here? I feel alone. I feel alone. <laughs> Anyways, it made me think about that. You know, man is so prideful, and we think that we can extend our life. And, you know, what Moses was going through and seeing everything around him, he's seen firsthand, wow, man is frail. 
wow, you know what? Uh, yeah, I knew the children of Israel were going to, you know, they were going to die. And I thought, you know, and now Moses is gone. I mean, Miriam's gone, Aaron's gone, and I'm soon going to be gone. You know, knowing that, that, and the reason why they were to pass is because God said it was going to happen. So let's, let's be humble. Let's be humble. How can we apply that? How can we apply being frail? You know, it's going against the, what the world is saying right now. The world is saying, ooh, you are strong and brave. Ah, oh, you can do anything you want. Ah, oh, you know what? You are the, the captain of your ship. Ah, oh, you make things happen. Moses would beg to differ. You know, and it would do right if we heeded Moses' his thought here, his prayer here, that no, we're, we're frail. We're frail. And, and if we're frail then it leads to the next portion of Scripture, verses 7 through 11, which you might have told you the, the theme is consider our judge. Let me read these verses and we'll talk about it. Again, verse 7 through 11. For we have been consumed by your anger and your wrath we are terrified. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days have passed away in your wrath and we finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are 70 years and by reason of strength, 80 years. Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away. In verse 11, who knows the power of your anger for as the fear of you, so is your wrath. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, John. I thought God was this God of compassion and love and gentle Jesus with the lamb over his shoulder. You know, believers, Christians, brothers and sisters, let us make the same realization that Moses made. Yes, God is their home. Nothing's changed. God is their refuge. God loves them. Even in the midst of wandering, you know, it says in Deuteronomy, their sandals or clothes never wore out. So God still loved them and provided for them. But yet, God is a righteous judge. God is still going to judge sin. And I know that's not cool to talk about. I know that's not popular to talk about. But Moses realized that. And we cannot realize, we cannot push that aside. We've got to come to that conclusion. I mean, think about it. Think about talking about getting a firsthand lesson an entire generation of people were dying. So as the pillar of, uh, was a pillar of cloud moved on or as the pillar of fire moved on, guess what? There would be a field of graves. Every time they moved on, not everyone moved on with them. Okay? So Moses was completely and fully aware of death. He saw it day in. Saw it day out. Death was all around. And here's the thing. Before you, if you start finding yourself going, well, God, that's not fair. Well, God, wait a minute. God, that's not cool. Why? Please do not lose sight that this was happening as a result of the, their disobedience. This was a result of them not believing God's promises. This is a result 
of their lack of faith and their complaining and their murmuring. How, too, we should consider that. Let us think about that, you know? So it's when we want to find ourselves going, oh, Lord, you're not not cool. Mm, mm, be careful. Be very careful. God is God. Man is man. Okay. Verses 8. We have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. There's nothing hidden from God. You know, when, when Moses was up having a chat one-on-one with the Lord and crazy Aaron decided, hey, let's go ahead, let's, let's make a calf, let's dance naked around it. You know, that Lord's like, Moses, oh, yeah, yeah. Moses, go, go, go deal with him. You know, so, I mean, and, and the murmuring, remember when, remember when Aaron and, 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 and Miriam were, were talking smack about Moses? Like, Hey man, why does he? Why does God talk to Moses? Why can't you talk to us? Where you know? And what does the Lord say? Miriam, Moses, Aaron, talk. Let's go. Let's go meet. And the Lord had to set Aaron and Miriam straight again. The Lord sees all these things, even the, even the thoughts and the murmuring. So again, how can we apply? How can we apply that? You know what? Let us remember that when. We are by ourselves. Are we, are we talking smack about people? Huh? Are we condemning people? Are we, are we looking at a ministry going, <laughs> why, why is the Lord using them? <laughs> be careful. Just be careful. Because as Moses realized, hey, the sins, you know, the, the sins in secret are revealed to you, so too, nothing's hidden from the Lord. So, as we conduct ourselves as believers, let's remember that. And me too. I got to remember that. Lord, that's right. Lord, change my heart. Lord, help me to think about these things. Help me to, you know, I, I don't want to make that same mistake. You know? In verses 10 through 11, you know, their lifespans were cut short. Do you realize, you know, now the Lord said in his judgment that those over 20, you know, first to uh, the first generation would, would die off, Okay. Now, the Lord didn't say how they were going to die off, but that to ensure that the Lord, within those 40 years of judgment, that first generation was going to get cut off. So you can see a whole range of group. Not everyone grew to 70 and 80 and just dropped dead. No, no, no. But, but see, you've got to keep in mind that around this time, that Moses lived to what, be 120. And prior to that judgment, they didn't live 70 or 80 years. You know? So when Moses says, hey, our, our days of our lives, 70, maybe if by strength, 80? Because Moses seen that firsthand. Lives getting cut short as a result of judgment. You know. Yeah. I think that's sad. That's, that's, that's sad. You know. Um, and I totally passed the verse. I wanted to make a point on Verse nine, real quick. Let me let, let me make that. Let me go back to it because it's really important. For our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. Okay, okay. So, imagine that. To me, verse nine is a sad verse. How many Christians do we know started off strong, but have fallen away? Huh? Or has 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 God called you to do something? 
put something on your heart and it's kind of fallen to the wayside. You know? The children of Israel were never intended to die off early. They weren't intended to, to just kill off and no, they weren't intended to wander aimlessly. They had a there was a purpose and a plan for them, but their unbelief, their lack of faith totally disqualified them from that. I think that's sad. How can we apply this? You know what? It would break my heart for any believer to go, you know what, at the end of their deathbed going, you know, um, okay, my life's over with. All right. What did I do? You know, it's not meant to be that way. What's cool is God has given us empowered by his Holy Spirit. We're all different. God has given us a unique calling. God's given you a unique marching orders. God has given you, put something on your heart. Are you doing it? Am I doing it? Am I being obedient? Or am I just going to be like the children of Israel and just wander my years away? And then at the very end, end it on a sigh. Because I didn't do what God called me to do. All that wasted potential that God wanted to use me. That's sad. Let's learn. Let's learn from the children of Israel. Let's not get to that place. Verse uh, 10 and 11. Again, Moses emphasizing that, you know what, that their days were cut short. They were wandering aimlessly, you know. And in verse 11, Moses it's surreal to Moses, oh my goodness, seeing this firsthand, seeing these people die because you said they're going to die, seeing just us wander aimlessly, who can grasp the power of your anger? Who, who, who can? Who can who? What it should do, it should make you feel this fear, like this reverence, oh my goodness, you know what? That, you know, the, the same God that loved them and protect them is also just. And that, you know, kind of like when I was younger, I didn't want to tick off my dad. I, I knew my dad loved me, and I, you know, but I did not want to tick off my dad. Well, same thing. Let's not tick off your heavenly father. If he's, if he's, if he's put something on your heart to do, if there's something he's called you, walk in obedience, do it. Do it. And I go, hey, look, 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 that goes for me too. Trust me, as I'm preparing this, the Lord's showing me things. I'm going, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so this, this applies for me as well. All right. Verses 12 through 17. Consider our hearts. So let me read it. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And have compassion on your servants. O satisfy us early with your mercy that we may rejoice and be glad of all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in, we have, in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. As Moses thinks about everything he has seen and experienced, He's taking it all in. He's, he's contemplating seeing the everlasting God, the brevity of man, the judgment that's been brought upon them, the death of his siblings. How does Moses handle it? How does he reconcile this in his head? How does he, in his mind, bring resolution to what's going on, the things that he's feeling? He prays. He prays. 
Moses prays for five things specifically through this portion of scripture, and let's look at them. Here are the five things Moses prays for. Verse 12, he prays for wisdom. Moses asked God for wisdom to understand the shortness of life. You know, Psalms 39.4 says, Yahweh, show me my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how frail I am. Lord, help me to get it. Lord, help me to understand that my time is short. Lord, give me the wisdom and your strength to make right decisions that's going to honor you, to bring you glory, to build your kingdom. Because if I do those things that please you, Lord, I get blessed. I benefit. Lord, help me to be pleasing to you. Verse 13 prays for God's presence. More specifically, more specifically, the return of his presence. Hey, real quick little side note here. Um, kind of as I was studying this verse, okay, I'm really, really totally going to age myself here. But, you know, back to when I was younger, my parents used to listen to oldies in Motown, and there was a song called uh, by Barbara Lynn, If You Lose Me, You Lose a Good Thing. Anyone know that song? Anyone knows that, know that song? Okay, all right, all right. I don't feel so alone. Anyways, that's so weird. That song just popped in my head. Okay, I'm not... There is no, nothing biblical. It's just a song. But, but if you know the lyrics of that song, it's, it's really like, if you lose me, you lose a good thing. And so I can't help but thinking about that, that as Moses penned this, it's one thing that they never knew God's presence, but to have his presence, but because of their, their sin and their disobedience and their rebellion, it, it feels like it's gone. It's gone. And Moses wants the return of his presence. Lord, return your presence. Come back, Lord. The return of his goodness, the return of his love, the return of his mercy, the return of his compassion. And, and look, Moses, how long? It's a plea. It's not a thing. Okay, Lord, come back whenever you want. Yeah. No, it's a plea. Lord, how long? Lord, don't delay. Lord, send it now. Verse 14, he's praying for God's mercy. Now think, out of all the things that, God, that Moses could pray for, Moses seeks God's mercy, specifically in the morning. Notice the verbiage there. Pastor John always talks about the, the, the time uh, of morning devotions. And again, I, you know, I, 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 would, uh, I implore the same thing. For some reason, I don't know what it is. And I'm not a morning person, but I know if, if, I, if you do the your morning, something about a morning devotion, it really is. Something about seeking the Lord in the morning. Now, and I know people, some people will say, I get about three or four in the morning. Okay, that's, if you can do that, cool. I can't. So, I mean, you know, at six, well, 6.15 is pushing it for me. But, I mean, I, I will, you know, I, I, even in that time to hurry up and while I'm eating my oatmeal, read my devotion. Because there's just something about it in the morning. So, so a little side note, a little side application. I'm telling you, get that. There's something about a morning devotion. And look, I mean, get in, get, get some time in the Word. Get some time. There's something. If, grace to you if you can't do it. Okay, no problem. But I'm telling you, there's just something about a morning devotion. Okay, I'll just leave it like that. All right, all right. 
Oh, going back to verse 14, I know I went on a side note here, but uh, David Guzik says this, and I like this. Moses understood that the true satisfaction was not rooted in money, fame, romance, pleasure, or success. It was satisfied with God's mercy, his faithful covenant goodness to his people. Amen. Well said, Pastor David. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, Verse 15 is Moses praying for God's restoration. Look, when you look at the verbiage, basically when Moses is saying, hey, Lord, for every bad day, Lord, give us a good day. Okay, John, well, what is that? But see, he's going to the right source. Only God can restore. Only God can bring balance. Again, all the yoga, all the listening to Dr. Phil, all the Oprah is not going to bring that balance. No, go to the true source, God alone. He's the only one that can bring that restoration. And verses 16 through 17 is a prayer for God's leading, God's providence, God's blessing. In fact, I just want to read it. I want to read it real quick. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Give me a little little story here. Yeah, I know, I'm a mailman. And you may have, I may have told this story before, so anyways, bear with me. So there's a house, it was for sale, okay? And it's, it had been on the market, and I see, you know, the, the, contract, the contractors came out. Oh, and they were fixing it up. They put new shrubs. Oh, that's good. New flowers. You know, they touched up the paint. They brought out the curb feel. It, it looked good. And, and the sign went from for sale to pending. I'm like, ah, ah, yeah. See all that, all that hard work? You know, now the house is on, this house is going to be sold. Well, guess what? On came a, uh, a trailer with a bulldozer. Wait a minute. And within a day, that house was bulldozed with all that pretty shrubs, with all that pretty flowers, with all those pretty touch of paint, crumbled, gone, obliterated. And that came to my mind as I was preparing this. There is nothing worse than doing something, and it's in vain. All that effort that they put in to fix that house, gone, taken out. One of the worst things that, I, another bad thing we could do as believers is think that in our own strength we can do something without the Lord, without his strength, without his Holy Spirit empowering us. You want to do something in vain? You just, go ahead. Go do something without seeking the Lord. You want to do something with no purpose? Go right ahead. But let me tell you, Nothing it's like trying to grab and hold sand in your hand. Nothing. And that's, that's what, like, it was so important to Moses that he says it twice. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes! Establish the work of our hands. We'd be wise to take Moses' counsel. We want the Lord to establish what he's doing. And you know what? 
Oh, let me let me just say this first. Psalms 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. You know, Spurgeon says, Good men are anxious not to work in vain. They know that without the Lord they can do nothing, and therefore they cry to him for help in the work, for acceptance of their efforts, and for the establishment of their designs. You know. So as we go, you know, as we go on to this year, uh, Heidi was announcing, Pastor John's excited to be sharing the vision of what the Lord's put on his heart for this body to be a part of. You know what? Believe you me, that without the Lord not being a Lord, without the Lord being a part of it, we, it would, we'd be fools to jump into something where the Lord isn't in it. Yeah. So this year, you know, as, as, I hope as you heed the Lord, as he put things on your heart, you know, or God puts something on your heart to do, make sure the Lord is leading you. Make sure it's his spirit. Make sure it's his guidance. Don't do anything in your own flesh. Wait on the Lord. You know, because when things are done with the Lord going before us, guess what? It's not going to be in vain. It's not. It's not. You know, and then the beauty of the Lord. I know, it's kind of funny because, you know, uh, as a guy, I don't know, this feels weird saying the Lord is beautiful. You know, Lord is handsome, or the Lord's good-looking, you know, the Lord. But you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a guy thing. Pray for me. I'm sorry. But uh, the beauty of the Lord, His Shekinah glory, His presence, His spirit, His essence is beautiful. And that's what Moses was saying. The beauty of the Lord. Everything about the Lord is beautiful. And I gotta get that through my pee-wee head. Yes, it's true. Everything that is of the Lord, his ways is beautiful. You know, his, and that's what we want. We want the beauty of the Lord. We want the glory of the Lord. We want to be pleasing unto him. We want that. We want the Lord, in our efforts, we want the Lord to go, yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I'm going ahead of you. Yeah, by my spirit, I'm going to make this happen. And so as we go, as we roll into 2022, let's remember that. Yeah, Moses had to deal with some heavy stuff. Moses had to deal with death, saying goodbye to his brother, saying goodbye to his, his sister, knowing that he wasn't going to cross over. He had to accept that. He had to accept all those people that followed under him, the field of graves they left as they moved on. You know. Moses knew uh, you know, that it was the result of their disobedience and their judgment, but look, at, they still move forward. And so as we go forward, Let's remember the lessons of Moses. Let's consider our God. Our God is everlasting and everlasting. He is our home. He is our shelter. Let's consider our frailty. Man is dust. We are finite compared to the everlasting God. Let's consider our judgment. Yeah, let's not forget, God is a God of love, compassion, and mercy, but he's still a righteous judge. And lastly, let's consider our hearts. Like Moses, let's pray. Let's seek him. Let's turn our hearts towards the Lord. Let's rely on his spirit. Let's depend on him, not of our strength. If we do that, the Lord's got some good things. 
So let's go forward, brothers and sisters. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for the lessons through your servant Moses we have learned. Now, Lord, help us, Lord, to learn them, Lord. Speak to us. Lord, thank you for revealing who you are. Thank you for showing us who we are, Lord. Humble us, Lord. Let us seek you. Let us repent, Lord. And let us come to you, Lord. And Lord, just like Moses, Lord, would you establish the work of your hands, Lord? Would you establish us? Would you go before us, Lord? We need you, Lord. And yes, Lord, we want to behold your beauty, your glory. Lord, we want to be pleasing to you. So Lord, as we go on this way, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, we struggle each day to fill your presence in our hour of pain. We know you love us, so we pray. Give us your spirit for today. Father, we need you. Each day, our hearts are heavy. Lord, we need your grace to overcome us. Have your way. Free us from worry today. Although the struggle is real I know my Jesus is near when all of my troubles draws near my hope is in Jesus cause he's here fail us and they will when hearts are broken and we're angry still help us forgive Lord by your will free us from hurt God let us heal Lord when we hurt those in our midst Father, forgive us, help us make 
Amends lovingly mind us where we've been. We are not perfect in our sin. And although the struggle is real, I know my Jesus is near. When all of life's troubles draws near, my hope is in Jesus, cause he's here. overtakes us and we fail father please lift us out of my clay when we feel lost in disarray father restore us this day we come to worship Please draw near. We leave our problems in your holy care. Yes, we relinquish all our fears. Pour down your spirit right here. And although the struggle is real, Oh, my Jesus is near when all of my troubles draws near. My hope is in Jesus, cause he's here. The struggle is real, oh, so real. You'll never leave me alone. These troubles. Oh, oh, oh Lord. You are here. You are here. You are here. You are here. You'll never leave me alone. And I pray that this song has encouraged you. At the end of the day, it's all about God. May you rest in His peace, rest in His presence, and just go forth and just be blessed in the Lord. Shine His face upon you, just give you His peace. God bless. Have an awesome week in the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us next week as we continue through the Bible, book by book, verse by verse, line by line. God bless.